This episode was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. And if you want a refund, it's too late. We already have your credit card information. I did end up downloading the Ben Shapiro WAP edit <laughs> for the spoiler music. Wet ass P word. Wet yeah. ass P word. Condition. Literally the funniest, <laughs> I'm sorry. funniest cell phone possible to come online and say, um, they can't be wet. That's never and, happened uh, to me. Always perfect. But he also didn't my, my understand wife. hyperbody because he's like, you need a bucket and a mop? That, that sounds very <laughs> severe. <laughs> okay. Oh, you should see my well, doctor wife about it. Yeah. If, <laughs> these people are incapable. They're incapable of understanding art, even when it's like something as basic as like the hyperbole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone says to him, oh, don't go outside. It's raining cats and dogs. And he's like, no, um, this is the wettest pussy uh, that I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um actually you'll find that uh, cats and dogs don't um count as precipitation <laughs> I mean, that's that's the only thing he can do like this is his his entire debate uh, thing or his entire facts and logic thing is to like remember when he <laughs> explained why rap isn't music <laughs> oh yeah it's so dumb Let's say, hypothetically, <laughs> uh, cats and dogs did fall as precipitation from the uh, sky. Uh, hypothetically, if that were to happen, hypothetically, uh, it would it would c- create an awful mess of blood, guts, and viscera all over the pavement. Uh, I don't think we see that, do we? Oh, horrible. <laughs> that happens in the Bible. That's pretty good. I like yeah. that. Like, no, it was a also, good impression. Or at the Torah or whatever. Like, it, it is in the Old Testament. Like, that, does he also look at, like, uh, the plagues and say, well, this logically can't happen? He's Jewish, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Does he like? Is he like? Does he like believe? In... He's. Oh yeah, he's an Orthodox yeah, he's Jew. Wearing, yeah, he's wearing a. a he's very. For some reason, I thought he was like an epic atheist, but that is also weird. No, but he has weird like Christian energy at points yeah, as yeah. well, which is weird. Yeah. Because I don't know. It is odd. I feel like if you're religious... Ju- Judaism's better than that. If we're going to rank religions, Judaism <laughs> is better than Christians. <laughs> it's more... Wow. It seems more fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, every time the yeah. Jewish people in, in any of the discords talk about it, it's always... Because one of the things they always say is that you don't have to believe in God. Yeah. yeah. So, that's an interesting thing that we don't have. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like all you, you get if, if you're Catholic is like you know. a massive guilt complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a second-hand one from my dad. Mm. I just yeah, feel same. guilty, but not for any religious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. But th- th- I, I, I still think it comes from uh, being uh, assigned Catholic at birth because it just makes you feel guilty about anything yeah. yeah but i wasn't even raised in any religion and i still feel guilty about literally yeah. everything i think that's just an anxiety disorder the, yeah. probably i think probably mine is too it's just an easy <laughs> thing to uh pin it onto catholicism yeah yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. welcome to Who Watches the Watch. Today we are tackling religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Snow Gods yet, so. <laughs> Ooh. Pretty interesting. Yeah, that was pretty good. And Sync, yeah. the band yeah. with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, call me Justin because my clapping's in sync. 
Ooh. Call me Justin because my timber is in a lake. Okay. A lake. <laughs> <laughs> you know when it's it's the kind of punchline where you expect there to be a twist. So the real twist <laughs> is that there is none. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm an alumnus of the Fool, Fool's Guild. I yeah. wish I was an alumnus this? of the Fool's Guild. It sounds pretty abusive, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah it I'm does. Pretty bad. <laughs> um, should I... Are we, are we doing preamble or should I just bring us in? We did have like 25 minutes last episode. So. Yeah, I think it's also perfectly fine to have an episode to just start. You're gonna do what I want you to Mix it up here in my little bowl Say a few words and you lose control I'm a hex girl And I'm gonna put a spell on you I'm gonna put a spell on you I'm a hex girl Hello and welcome back to Who Watches the Watch A Discworld podcast that is about everything else apart from the Discord book we're always talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm your host, Charlotte. I'm your host, Lucy. I'm your host, Janusz. If faith, Nankor, I am the fourth of these capering fools, George. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Good. We, we four have met here today um, to talk about the first, third of the book Weird Sisters, which is very exciting because it's it's good. It is good. This is good. so nice after sorcery and also after um, a shade of vampire. Oh yeah, it's yeah. mm. so refreshing to read a book with like plot and themes and compelling characters <laughs> and a narrative. I don't know. It's just but nice. it made it, it. It was also like harder for me to read somehow because I had to like it, it felt like having to learn to read again. <laughs> <laughs> after shadow vampire like it it was like oh i need to pay attention to every sentence now what <laughs> there's there's gonna be like well, meaning in this there's gonna be double entendres there's gonna be um Andrew Lloyd as a Webber? journalist i did pay attention to every single sentence of shade of the vampire so uh-huh. can't relate are we journalists uh that's what i'm pretending that i yeah, am journalists are famously good at reading <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> Uh, speaking of journalists, this this is not a great segue because it's just it's not actually what I was gonna talk about at the beginning of this episode. I was gonna talk about, and I will get to it. Let's let's actually enter the uh, famous segment that we have always called called this. This is shame of the wind. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. It's better than me trying to say the name of the review. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you said name of the review, and then I was thinking about it, and I was like, "That's I like the energy, but it's like <laughs> it's nothing. not good." Yeah, mm. uh, I was. I'm gonna talk about something that's actually more related, but like for to research this, I also pulled up Pat Rothfuss's Twitter, and I do just want to point out that his newest, like his most recent tweet, is him retweeting Stephen Colbert, mm. <laughs> who uh-huh. tweeted. Thank God it's Kamala. I was worried Biden was going to pick someone else who would have made me absolutely still vote for him no matter what. So that's a tweet. Um, Damn. (laughs) Damn, I'm sure I'm glad nothing has changed in my life. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm this is also the same fucking like it's so funny that this is Stephen Colbert not to talk about politics here but it's so funny this is Stephen Colbert <laughs> when it was on that. his show where he questioned Kamala Harris about why he was like going so hard after Biden's Ooh. history of racism in the debate and then she said it was a debate come on I don't mean like anything. It was yeah. on his show, which could have been a moment of, you know, exposing a polit- uh, politician as a hypocrite, but he apparently doesn't care. He wants uh, uh, zero systemic change. He loves to sit there and have the colours change to blue and smile serenely to himself um, as police continue to beat people up. Yeah. It's good. Well, there was no, there was no uh, police anyway. violence under Obama, remember? Ferguson, <laughs> that was under Trump. Dakota <laughs> 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 Access Pipeline, under Trump. Great. Listen, once once there's a Democrat in power, all the bad things will go away. The thousands mm-hmm. of innocent <laughs> Pakistani reliably, reliably informed that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, now Keir Starmer, a sensible man, is in charge of the <laughs> Labour Party. <laughs> I feel a lot more at ease with the world. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't have been that that Corbyn, you know. What he wanted to change things, which is bad. Um, but was, luckily, wasn't he like biking to work and wearing a raincoat? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, the columnists have reliably informed me um, uh-huh. that now all this bullshit with the A level results has happened. That the younger generation will be radicalized to vote. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Thank God we didn't spend five years crushing the actual radicalizing force of young people. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> they'll register to vote and they'll get in uh, Tim Farron or someone like that. Someone radical. So, yeah, someone yeah, remember. Someone who'll, like, someone no one who wants to actually change anything. Someone who'll just like say nice things occasionally. But we'll get in Jess Phillips. That'll be good. Oh. <laughs> Jess Phillips. So. Turf in chief. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, wow. Democracy. Uh Anyway, <laughs> I, love, I love to. I was going to say usually. Vote. Okay. <laughs> usually, what we do in Shame of the Wind is look at um, one of Pat Rothfuss's many Goodreads reviews of Terry Pratchett books. Now, unfortunately, there is none on Weird Sisters, but there is something even more disturbing that he wrote, and it relates mm-hmm. to Weird Sisters, which is why I had to talk about it this week. Uh, and this is a blog post on Pat Rothfuss's blog from January 28th, 2014. And it's titled, My First Fan Fiction, with uh, apologies to Terry Pratchett. Hmm. <laughs> I like that he's prefacing it with an apology. I appreciate that. He should give, he should give <laughs> one to everyone, I think. <laughs> but it's it feels like the kind of sore, uh, the, the kind of fake modesty, you know? Yeah. Oh no, a hundred percent. But like you will, funny. you will see uh, further down in this blog post that for some reason he still wants people to read this bad fanfic. Right. <laughs> so yeah. It starts back in the long ago, back in the before times, back when I didn't even know there was such a thing as fan fiction. I wrote fan fiction. I'm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine not knowing what fan fiction is? Yes. All too easy. Uh, yeah. Can. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, George. You're all right. <laughs> Just because you have normie privilege. <laughs> yes, I'm very normal. I spent the whole day looking for mushrooms in a wood. Yeah. <laughs> George, like you're cottagecore. Cottagecore. Fuck. Cottagecore, George. No. no, I just... 
George, George, your aesthetic. <laughs> it's not an aesthetic. It's called me sweating in a wood because it's really hot and I wore too, the too much clothing. Also, I got bitten just, by just mosquitoes like every minute. Well, we found loads of mushrooms, but one of them was possibly deadly and the others were inedible oh. and mushy, but still fun. Well, oh. just because you pick mushrooms and don't know what fan fiction is. Uh, doesn't mean that the rest of us didn't spend a lot of time in our childhood reading Merlin fanfiction. Is this is this a <laughs> is this a time to make a two genders joke? Those who look for mushrooms and those who like those who read fanfiction. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Pedro Grosso's apparently didn't spend his childhood with that because he said it was in 1992. I was 19. While it was my third semester in college, I think I was still technically a freshman because I kind of sucked at being a student. I was in an introduction to creative writing class. Half of the class was prose which suited me to a T. Because I was still working on a dreaded high school novel, which I was convinced was awesome even though it was actually pure shit, I had, you know, that's that's okay that he admits that. I I don't like that it suggests that his, like, you know, King Killer Chronicles books are good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just what he wrote in high school was shit, but whatever. <laughs> the other half of the class was poetry which I dabbled with but never really taken a serious stab at. At this point, I'd already read a fair number of Terry Pratchett's books. I know this because when forced to write a poem for this class, I wrote one called A Wizard's Staff Has a Knob on the End. Oh, I think oh. I've heard of this. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I might have mentioned this earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, yeah, I want to apologize to Terry Pratchett. I wrote this poem to the class. Uh, I turned it to the, into the teacher and got it back with comments. When a time came for us to read our work out to the class, I read it. Um, and he says, when I read it to the class, it was rather gratifying. Everyone laughed. Everyone laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> Everyone except for the teacher. She just sat there, confused and obviously slightly offended. It's not even... Here's the thing. Like, I have the actual poem open because he posted a YouTube video where he reads it out in which he wears a t-shirt that says, Joss Whedon is my master now. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like a double whammy of trying to kill me, I think. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but I, And I did watch the video. He seems... It's fine. It's whatever. Uh, but I also have a transcript of this poem here. Um, this is the very funny poem that his class uh, just absolutely lost their shit at. His third year college class. Everyone clapped. <laughs> I'm just gonna read some uh, some sex sections of it. Wait, so can like... I, before this, before, before this, can we just say, Janos, you don't like poetry, so what if it, what if, this is an off chance, what if it's actually really good? Oh my god. <laughs> and you just can't and appreciate you... <laughs> it because you hate the wider genre. Uh-huh. Form. Some danger going <laughs> yeah, into it. Look. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't say this on the podcast. I'm not an appreciator of the arts of poetry. Um, mm-hmm. They're fine. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. <laughs> it's it's like it's not even that I hate poems or whatever. I just can't sit down and read them. It's uh, it it's not keeping my attention. I feel like I have to force myself to pay extra attention to it, though. So it's like you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm just a millennial, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All you do is eat hot chip and lie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, t- I was talking to my friend Lily about this, and she said that she also doesn't like poems. So oh, you thank have, you, Lily. You have a does, kindred soul. Does she? She works. 
I don't understand. Well, it's she does, fine. She does the poet society, right? <laughs> I think that's why she doesn't like poetry. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts with, and this is an interesting poem if you actually like look into, because it is obviously, you know, it's obviously based on the funny double entendre that Terry Pratchett himself also uh, indulges in. It's fine. But there's parts of it where I don't think it fully works. So <laughs> it starts with Wizard Staff are long and hard and known throughout the land. A sight to heed and fear indeed is a wizard staff in hand. Now mystics have their crystal balls and witches have their cats and mages can look pretty cool, blah blah. But a wizard staffs his pride and joy, though the others scoff. Uh, were I a wizard, I'd go out and proudly show mine off. So this is obviously very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Cats is a double entendre for the P word. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Wet ass cats. And then, and then he says, oh, wizards never lend them out. It simply isn't done. Did Bilbo's friend, this Gandalf, lend his staff to anyone? Question mark. Is that even an entendre? That's just, I don't know. What is How- What does this mean? <laughs> How would you lend it? I guess getting a hand job. <laughs> I, I guess. But that's that's sad though then. Hand <laughs> jobs aren't intrinsically sad. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm saying the, At least you're I'm trying saying to cancel never, the manual art. No. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying not having a hand job is sad. I think going yeah. through life without a hand job is sad. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And as we know about Rincewind, he has um, climax yeah. in the presence of others. He has climaxed in the presence of other people. So, yeah, so Rincewind's true. lending his wand. But you can't, that's, I won't call it lending. I'm not sure that's how. I don't think it the lending make, double entendre it, it, works. It yeah. doesn't even make a sense as like a double entendre. Like, this just, is a bad poem, right? Because yeah. for it to be good, it would need to like either either just be a single entendre. Or, uh-huh. or, or like just make the make the double entendre work the entire way through. It's kind of like the issue also with Ginny Wine's Pony that uh, the whole sex metaphor doesn't work throughout the song because there's yeah, like it's, it's like, unclear whether he's the pony or she's the pony exactly, or what the pony they're yeah. riding is. And then it says till I reach your ponytail, but it's really unclear about which part of her body is meant to be <laughs> her ponytail. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, Junior Wine is like, I need someone who can ride without even falling off. <laughs> like, Did that happen uh, to you, my yeah. dude? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's just literally about horses. Um. <laughs> I think so. That's my, that's my g- hashtag game theory, is that Junior Wine's <laughs> pony is just about horses. Um, uh-huh. And then there's another, you know, things about like what other people have. But wizard staff are their best. Wizard staffs are their best friends, or so I've heard them say. Were I a wizard, I'd go out and use my staff today. Okay, Patrick. But if a wizard loses his, he'll wish that he were dead. What? Oh. <laughs> That's grim. For wizards will <laughs> laugh at a wizard sans staff. They will uh-huh. laugh at him, mm. or one with a wand instead. Listen, I think okay. this poem is transphobic now. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I yeah. Think, I think it's a kind of poem that, like, someone who is involved in the local Rotary Club and maybe the town brass band and helps organise the town festival and yes. would to write. Uh-huh. They perform it in the pub yeah. like, uh, after hours uh, to all their like large, glistening red friends. 
It would be, ver- <laughs> it would be very him. funny. This is like something my uncle would write, except he would be funnier. Um, <laughs> there was, there, there was yeah. a bit at the there was a bit at the end of the speech at my cousin's wedding where he was like, "I know you're all very moved by this, not a dry seat in the house." And I thought, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> we had a theater festival at our university that was like organized by students and really performing arts festival, or whatever. And at the end, there was like. Um, you know barbecue or whatever and they invited some musician who probably like did it for free or whatever for exposure and he had like funny songs or whatever and then he got to a song that was just about how much he's like to and 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 this imagine this with like you know a crowd of people everyone you know enjoying their barbecue uh and this is like a guy who plays like funny instruments like instruments that are made out of i don't know tubes or whatever like not real instruments but he makes them sound like real, like instruments or whatever so it's like a novelty mm. thing but most of the songs are just like fine whatever and then he gets to a song which is about how much he like he loves to whirl his penis around <laughs> and it's but it's not even a double entendre like the chorus of it is the penis propeller it's, it's gonna get faster and faster <laughs> And imagine like, being with your I friends, see. enjoying your barbecue, and like trying to do a normal conversation while this happens in the background. <laughs> no, that rules. That's pretty good. <laughs> that absolutely that be rules. That's better than this. That's really good. I'm going to so stop anyway. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a, fi- a, a final uh, verse left, so and it ends with saying... A funny self-compromising line because he says but wizard staffs are just by length if you believe in such were i a wizard i'd go out and not amount too much oh he's he's a little little dicky of um <laughs> he's the little dicky of <laughs> the, uh, the terry pratchett fandom <laughs> it still barely hangs together as like anything i don't this yeah i think sentences. his teacher was right if he if she gave him a uh, bad, great for this, but I will add a few more things to this. One, he put this proem up for auction, like the original. Mm. Imagine owning that this. He, hey, right? if you're listening and you own this, uh, send us an email. <laughs> I do want I to know who questions. bought this. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you're a really big fan of Patrick Rothfuss, are you still listening to this podcast? Doubt it. <laughs> I, I don't even see if like he has a you know he has a charity that he runs so he probably put it there. Uh, I always I'm always mistrustful of people who run their own charities. Cause, yeah, because it's like a tax dodge half the time. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I am. Um, so, this is sure. Um, and also, a lot of it. institutional charities are pretty bad anyway. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he added a. a P.S., which is like about, you know, you can also don't just don't donate normally. And then another P.S., Mr. Pratchett, in brackets, Sir Pratchett. Ugh. I know you will never see this, but if for some reason this ends up on your radar, I really hope you aren't offended. <laughs> I'd be offended. Do you think Terry saw this and was like, fuck, I hate this. I wonder if Terry Pratchett... I just want to know if he ever read anything by Patrick Rothfuss. Oh, I'm sure he didn't. There's, there's like two other b- blog posts uh, about Terry Pratchett on, on Pat Rothfuss's blog. And one of them is, you know, an obituary, whatever. And the other one is like from 2011 about having met Terry Pratchett at a con and having gotten like a copy of, of a book signed and talked to him uh, for a bit. 
but I, I I think it was pretty clear from that interaction that he has never heard of like Terry has never heard of Pat Rothfuss. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yay. So he met him as a fan rather than as a fellow like writer. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, how exactly. it should be. He's like a huge Terry Pratchett fan. Uh, yeah, he seems to write a lot about him, yeah. actually. Mm. Uh, and then just one more addendum, because like this was this blog post was from 2014, and you'd be like, okay, fine, whatever. In 2018, he also made a tweet that is, it's a poll by Pat Rothfuss. Assuming a classic, you have to do it, or the world will blow up scenario. Which wizard would you bone down with? And remember this for posterity, so be honest. The two choices are Gandalf or Harry Potter. Um, uh, the boy wizard? Wait, did you say bone, <laughs> bone down? about Harry Potter from the end of the book. But, okay. You know, it's still very <laughs> questionable. Mostly a child, yeah. <laughs> the one who is... And then okay. further down, he adds the comment, pro tip, Harry Potter has a wand. Gandalf has a staff. He's so, a child. I can't... Yeah, exactly. I can't it's get just the fact that, yeah, that exactly. makes it worse. He's eleven to eighteen. <laughs> 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 Actually, why would you say Harry Potter? <laughs> just choose Dumbledore. Just choose Dumbledore. Why didn't you say yeah, Dumbledore? <laughs> um, I'm and also obviously I'm going to pick Gandalf. <laughs> like even if <laughs> I mean. I, <laughs> Even if it was adult Harry Potter, I'd pick Gandalf. Gandalf's cool as hell, and he's got a horse. But you're you're actually like the more I think about it, you're so right about the child thing because like <laughs> Harry Potter is like if you think Harry Potter, you're not gonna think the post type skip Harry Potter from the. <laughs> I'm not thinking of like Daniel Radcliffe with a five o'clock shadow and a beer gun. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm not gonna fuck a teenage boy. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> to be fair, Gandalf won, but not by that. But like Gandalf won by sixty-one point nine percent towards thirty-eight percent for that's Harry Potter, low. which is still too much. Thirty-eight percent nonsense. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were children, in which case they shouldn't be answering this question. <laughs> yeah. He also like one of the other comments he added is, "Dear everyone, replying with a third choice, you are shitty at polls." What a rude reply. <laughs> Dear everybody okay. replying to my poll about whether you'd fuck an old man or a child. <laughs> <laughs> You're bad at it. <laughs> imagine so if the end of the world depends. Imagine if someone had you at gunpoint and you'd have to fuck <laughs> either one of these people or they would kill either you or your mom. The immortal being or the literal child. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's very dark. Isn't Gandalf like an angel? Yeah, so clear. He's like a my yeah something hey he's been around for long enough i think he'd be pretty good <laughs> yeah do you think has gandalf fuck i mean i know this is just playing into pat rodfuss's dark game mm-hmm. but um <laughs> well we're not playing that much because none of us are gonna consider having sex with harry potter <laughs> no, no not even gonna because consider. we're um normal thank you pat um shit i feel like gandalf must have I don't know. Damn. When we start our cult, we're going to, like... <laughs> what is, Ga- is Gandalf Walsa? Do you think that's what makes him so powerful? Well, he's no fat. Yeah. Yeah. It's Well, magic is stored <laughs> in the balls. We've known this for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, yes. And he's been storing up for, like, 2,000 years. I don't know the chronology of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fake fantasy fans. Um, do you think if you live for that long, you just get tired of fucking at one point? Robert, no, I, mean, I think it's I mean, probably all you would do. Uh, no, Lucy, mortal people already do it. Like after like after like fifty years. So. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, in old people's homes, yeah. they have a big problem with um sexually transmitted diseases because people in old people's homes just. Oh fuck damn, that's true. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's old people have sex. Like, I feel like old yeah. people's homes don't reflect old people's lives <laughs> in That's good conditions. That's probably fair. Mm. Also, That's not, not ever. Gandalf, Gandalf's pretty spry, though. Yeah, he can fight and stuff, so yeah. I assume he can do other things. I couldn't kill orcs with a sword. With Wouldn't know where to start. Uh, with the pointy end. <laughs> Shut up. No more. No, that's that's your last <laughs> remaining Game of Thrones reference on this. <laughs> that's I can't help that it occupies my brain at all moments of the day. I don't want this. Um, um, I will say that this whole segment has inspired me a little bit. So okay. Okay. I'm going to set myself a little piece of homework, which is next week <laughs> I will um, write a poem based on um, The Hedgehog Can Absolutely Never Be Bugged At All, which is the, okay. the drinking song they reference in this book. I think there is a, okay. I think there is a full version of it somewhere, isn't there? Oh, god damn. Yeah. If there's a full one, I won't do it. I'll do Wizard. I'll try and beat Patrick at his own game. No, yeah, I think that's more interesting, yeah, mm-hmm. to, to mm. like actually take the same prompt yeah uh and you know just do better than 19 year old pat roth was in 1992 so after being forced to do it for poetry class Mm -hmm. so the ceiling is very high (laughs) 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 okay uh yeah i okay i just had to like i just had to get this knowledge out in the world i feel like we we wouldn't be up to our journalistic standards uh, <laughs> if we had like a Pat Rothfuss uh, hater tier <laughs> on our Patreon and uh, didn't cover this story. So there you have it. I think we all appreciate mm-hmm. it, Yarosh. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Shall we? Um, yeah. yeah let's get um, to something do we better. have any? Do we have any reviews from Pat uh, of this book? No. Oh, we, I do have some good reads reviews for this book because, yeah. as always, I look at the worst ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Save some then, of them for the future episodes because we're doing three on this book now. Yeah, I'm just going to point one out here. Yeah, that's which good. basically describes the plot in like a line, and then says, "Still struggling to find the series engaging," and then gives it a score of three out of twelve. Uh, twelve. Okay, that's very weird score. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also. Rude. I give it pie out of half a million. <laughs> I personally give it uh, five bowls of popcorn out of five. Uh, oh, in that I... case, I'm giving it five <laughs> bowls of popcorn and a, and a little sippy Coca Cola drink. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, I'm giving it good stuff. Um, the nachos with the cheese you get on at the cinema that are like disgusting but also really tasty mm. out of five five of those out of five I, uh, and a little sippy cola drink i give it a <laughs> bag of sour skittles mm. nice just the one that's pretty good <laughs> okay <laughs> some glowing reviews from us that's it guys that's the podcast <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm bringing us in okay so this week we talked about the first um third of the book Weird Sisters, which is a witch book. And it is about Lanka and Kings, and it's Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask this. Is it Lanka or Lanka? I thought it was Lanka. I have no idea. Long- like, not- the f- I don't. it's spelled I just, French. I've always said Lanka. But it's meant to be like England, in it? 
it's meant to be like yeah. middle of nowhere England. So I just thought it was Lanka. I mean, if it's yeah. if it's Macbeth, then technically it's Scottish. Mm-hmm. But that's I mean, only this one is Lanka. Macbeth. <laughs> I think I think yeah, you, and I, I know. Think, Sorry, after you, Janusz. No, I was just gonna say I know Chess can do a great Scottish accent, so. <laughs> no. I'm Please, not doing no. that, and and I'm not gonna do an Australian accent anymore as well. Um, I promised. Not I until promised we get to me. the the <laughs> less continent, or what's it called? Uh, yeah, last continent. Yeah. Then I'll be doing my Australian accent, it's and everyone will love it. About one year, so. You can practice until you then. You can work on it. You can yeah. watch H2O just add water again. I think I would love to. Um, <laughs> That's where I learned how to do one. Yeah. I watch it every day. Yeah, so the, the book opens with um, three witches on a moor, just like the beginning of Macbeth, which, as everyone knows, uh, starts with When will we three meet again? Thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the holy burly's done Stop. and the battle's lost and won, that should be at the center of sun, where the place upon the earth that should be Macbeth. She's um, doing it again. <laughs> Wait, who's. What's, what's this? Charlotte knows, like, the first bit of Macbeth, and every time it comes up. What's Macbeth? Um, what's she Macbeth? Insists on... <laughs> the Scottish play. Oh, don't say the word. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like still debating whether like my podcast recording uh, room counts as theater or not. No. Uh, depends on your perspective. George <laughs> would prefer it not to be, but some of us who are more thespian aligned mm-hmm. might consider it to be so. Wait, so yeah, can you only like, what, not say what it is in the theater? theater? You know. Yeah, it's like whistling on the stage. You can't whistle on yeah. the stage. What? Um. Yeah. Bad that luck. actually has a history um, because it used to be a sign for like a signals. Fire. Yeah. Oh. Um, you also can't eat on rehearsals because the actors are. This is just because this is just because the actors are gonna hate you because they they aren't allowed to because they have to rehearse. So uh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. But okay, more importantly, should be banned. Um, uh, yeah. So more importantly, you all know I know the first act one scene one of Macbeth. Um, mm-hmm. And Please so everyone the three witches. <laughs> so the three witches are Nanny Og, Granny Weatherwax, and Margaret Garlic. Garlic three iconic characters all three of them and they're gonna they're gonna be these three are gonna be the three leads of the witches series for all of the books and mm-hmm. everyone loves them equally all three of them yes they're all they're all good everyone loves the classic margaret um who i actually do really like Margaret's but... pretty good <laughs> yeah i like margaret i like all three <laughs> she's, not, of them. she's not a niger like <laughs> i was she's saying this a... the same way i said it about niger but yeah, um, I like. I think Nanny Og might be my favorite, though. Oh no, she's so she's so good. She's, great. she's, she's drinking from a quart mug at her Hogwarts night party. She's just, it's a yeah. two pint mug. <laughs> I think yeah. So yeah, so it's the three of them, and they're on the moor. And while they're on the moor, having a coven evening, which is quite funny. Um, uh, the previous king is killed by a duke whose name is Felmet, which is a name. And um, the baby who is his child is sent off with some people and the witches end up with the baby, which is the heir to the throne. They decide to give it to some mamas, like traveling theater people, to be raised. They all give it a blessing. Uh, Duke is now the king, but he's bad at it and he's a bit crazy because he keeps seeing blood on his hand and stuff. And the old king has become a ghost who haunts him and makes him even crazier. Yeah, and that's mostly what happens. I think in the first third, um, Margaret sees a a fool who is and also a main character, and 
they have like a bit of a bit of a moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has this book has clown content in it, so yeah, and it's always it very does funny. Have clown He's content. very good at being funny, and he has yeah, no trauma related to it. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to say jokes by rote. I reckon I reckon it's not supposed to be anything like Scotland because you know if it was there'd be loads of Scottish jokes. Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're so right. Although <laughs> although he, I think he does have wandering haggis at some point, but that's like Yeah, I was going to say I'm sure haggis is like a creature in this, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. I think so. But that's like the only thing of it being like Scottish. Mm. I don't rem- I just caught the jokes in like any other books. Um not many actually. He's surprisingly woke oh, on the whole I'm Scottish still, like, issue. Fucking isn't the isn't the MacFigos or whatever they're called? Oh no, that's entirely Scottish yeah. jokes. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I just remembered what they look like on the cover of uh, We Free Man. Mac MacFigos. Yeah. They nail God Jeans Clevens. Yeah. So it's, this is clearly it's, not Scotland then. <laughs> it's valid to make jokes about Scotland, but only if you're not English. We're English. I think there is English. Yeah, so we can't make jokes about Scotland, but... Yeah. Uh, well, no, Charlotte and Janos can. Yeah, exactly, and I will. <laughs> okay, yeah, so this is lots of good jokes in this one. Um, Ifaith. We love Ifaith and Uncle. Um, this is the... I think this is the first time we hear about the Fool's Guild. What is the joke of Ifaith and Uncle? Because I don't understand it. It's just because in Shakespeare, that's how the characters talk. I think that's the only oh, okay. Yes. I yeah. thought there was like a pun in it no, or something oh, God, that no. I just didn't it's get. It's very simple. No, it's, it's literally... <laughs> it just sounds <laughs> silly. This is like how Shakespeare people talk. Yeah. <gasps> Pretty. Yeah. Faith and Uncle. I... Um, God, where do, we, where do we want to start discussing this? <laughs> um, I love everything... About this book. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. Very good. Okay, let's start at... This book is good. This book is... Yeah. Maybe one of the best fantasy books to read, honestly. Because, because like, all the other books are, like... In this series will be, like, rooted much more in the world or the mythology or whatever. And I think this is a really good standalone book. So, I mean, it's mm, the first, yeah. of, first of the Witches series, but it also stands on its own. Sort of the second. Uh, and, like... Yeah, I it's, think Equal Rights. It's so wide that. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, Equal Rights is technically the first of the witches' book, but this is like the actual first witches' book because this is where it's like. This one. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. It comes into its own. Yeah. I mean, and the first the... one was about like they were like halfway through they went to Ankh Pork, and then it was like more about uh, more about the, yeah. that and the wizards and the Unseen University. Yeah, and this is about witching. Yeah, exactly. Like this is this is like actually about the witches, um, and about the like chemistry between them. Like that also makes the mm. the nanny og, um, granny weatherwax chemistry adds like it's just like yes. such a such a vital part. Like sorry, Magret. I I I think Magret is is really good, but she's like kind of the straight man in the situation. Like to the yeah other yeah. two other two's hijinks antics. Those are words, normal words to say that I... (laughs) (laughs) Antics and hijinks. I think it's very funny that he was like, what if we have the archetype of the maiden mother and crone and I just make them the funniest version of all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And that's what he did. So I love Nanny Og so much because she is just like an archetype of a certain kind of old woman who is sort of familiar, but is also very good. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like um, we're all like if we're we're all reading Nanny Og and we're like, ha, I know someone like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's like the kind of older woman who will make you uncomfortable in public. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a sort of a sort of not not malicious joy to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's just like, she knows it's slightly uncomfortable that she's an old woman and she can get away with it and she's fully prepared to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love all her kids in this book. I love the mentions of how enormous her family is. I think it's so good to imagine her as this matriarch and she never has to do any housework because all her like daughters-in-law, who she doesn't really know, keep coming and doing her laundry for her. Yeah, she doesn't bother learning their names. They just... Yeah, do everything. <laughs> and it's so funny how like she and uh, she and uh, Esma Weatherwax are like friends, uh, despite mm. like she being e- everything that Granny doesn't approve of. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're polar opposites. <laughs> yeah, but it's still like such yeah. a deep trusting uh, friendship. Like yeah. there's always like mentions of these like looks they give each other, where they like instantly understand each other. Where like especially because we most of the time uh when the three witches are in one scene most of the time we're gonna see them from uh from magret's eyes so it's always gonna be like like she how she notices that there's like something unspoken between them always i think that's really Mm -hmm. cool yeah because she feels left out and they've known each other since they were young yeah um and they're very old established witches and she's this new witch who's trying to have fun and plan events that they can all do together and they're not being necessarily cooperative <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i feel i feel sorry for her a lot in 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 these scenes because they're, they're like they don't mean badly but she's just she's just doing her best yeah they're, like, they're also so rude at the theater like i guess we can talk we can talk longer about theater and the theme of theater and um you know and the other actors but mm-hmm. but like there's a scene where they go to a theater performance and she she has seen plays and she knows what they are and both like nanny and granny behave so badly. No, that's the yeah. best scene. It's so funny that that scene gets. <laughs> it's incredibly funny, but also really stressful <laughs> to read. No, the thing that's is, theater is bad. Theater kid. Yeah. <laughs> George, I know you're anti-theatre, but you can't bring that energy into this our theatre of so, no. Each of us, so each of us has you to hate poetry. Yes, George, you hate theatre. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. so Charlotte has to hate music, and you have to hate uh, paintings, Lucy. Oh, <laughs> I don't hate. I hate paintings. Okay, um, so what do, what do I get to hate? The sculpture. Um, I like sculpture. Interpretive like- dance. Uh, no, movies. Dance is good. I, to be fair, I can't watch movies anymore. TikTok has ruined my attention span. <laughs> <laughs> this is an anti-intellectualism podcast. Yeah. Where we talk about how I'm glad, much we hate all art. I'm glad we had the same thought, though, Lucy. That we have to collect all the art artistic forms and hate them. Each one person. <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, I'm. I feel kind of similarly about painting uh, as as I do about poetry, but I think but it's I, okay. I think I still lean towards painting, but I also don't super like them. Mm. <laughs> That's I can't okay. imagine hating um, painting. No, I it's don't. It's just a picture, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a picture that's it but that's it for me like i can't uh stand in front of one and i'm like this makes me feel so many things i could stare at this for a day you know like i don't i'm I don't so get in- that. i'm so intrigued by you <laughs> <laughs> you could say multitudes 
<laughs> yeah, no, she just goes to is, an art gallery. Is enormous and contains multitudes. I do sort of resent art galleries when I go to the big fancy ones. I feel I spend the entire time thinking about class, mm-hmm. um, and I and I get really weird. But I appreciate. Uh, I'm like yeah. I can have fun in an art gallery for like 20 minutes and then it's gonna be like okay more of this <laughs> I just, imagine you walking into like a Van Gogh uh, Van Gogh expedition and look exhibition, exhibition and looking around and going absolute dog shit <laughs> Lizzie please we need it's the proper duck but I'm really not that like I, I I've seen like Van Gogh paintings and they were good it's it's really just I can only take them in moderation and art galleries are like too huge and then also but I also can't be like oh this is my favorite painting of all time this means so much to me like there's there's, there's none of those like I'm oh, paintings are I... perfectly fine to me I just can't put like any more meaning to them I feel like I feel like you're expecting that you need to put them on some kind of pedestal and I don't think you need to or do a, that. Or at wall. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, pedestal. <laughs> that statues go on, uh, urns go on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. And as we know from Terry Pratchett's writings, the difference between a pornographic painting and art is uh, the presence of an urn with a naked woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say like now. Very, very John Bird, very about. John Berger ways of seeing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I also feel about poetry that way. Like it's fine. I just can't like I can't put them on. But 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 it's it 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 really is the thing that uh, George says that maybe I'm just I just resent when uh, when I when I have the feeling that people expect me to put things on a higher pedestal than i do mm-hmm. yeah just yeah. don't think about it so much just be like that's a nice painting yeah take my approach yeah. to art which is where if it has naked people in it it's pretty good and also <laughs> if it's like funny then it's good so that's why my favorite paintings are like the Aronymous bosch uh garden Ooh. of paradise because there's lots of like people <laughs> uh-huh. um having sex and then yeah, also cool. satin eating his own son which i think is just great I love very that. funny image <laughs> Goya is good. Uh, do you appreciate the William Blake one with the dragon where it looks like the dragon is flashing the woman? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Painting um, should be funny or contain nudity. Well, I don't think that's true. That's not how I approach it. I think, I think you just have to sometimes be like, oh, I like that. Um, but not try not to think about like I don't know, it's complicated. As John Berger ways of seeing. Um, art, let's keep... art should be entirely late medieval Flemish paintings because they are the best. Because it's just lots of tiny people, like either being murdered horribly by skeletons, or uh, <laughs> or they're all fucking in a garden. <laughs> Lovely. And that's the best. Thing. I will. I will listen. I will listen to Mount Airy to paintings by Nikolai Astrup and then cry when he talks about the paintings. And but yeah, you know, it doesn't. Painting, it's all, arts just doesn't, you know, it's just art. Um, <laughs> that was beautifully put. I agree. You're welcome. You know, it's just th- say, things, things are just things. Um, <laughs> this podcast is insane. Um, <laughs> what are we doing? This, this is a podcast, podcast for about... insane people. I don't know. We were like <laughs> worried we? if we if we were uh, able to fill an episode length uh you yeah, know, we just decided of to just a hundred pages, but we art. still have so much more to talk about, like just on mm-hmm. this hundred pages, and we've already been recording for an hour because apparently <laughs> we have more to say about whether we hate art or not. 
Listen, okay, if you're listening, we don't hate art. This is, we believe in the critical and intellectualist tradition of thinking things critically. Okay, let's just, where were we? Theatre. Oh, because George hates the theatre. Yeah, Yeah, that's where we got here. Where do you hate theatre, George? Uh, I actually don't. I just like saying that. I just. Oh, I well, he's never. I just, he's never been. I have, but then like <laughs> once or twice, and it's. I don't know. It's all right. I just. I never got taken as a kid. Like my parents would take us to art galleries or concerts or things. Um, mm. See, I hated concert. I hate classical music. That's my. Thing. Oh really? Uh, I, I find it really hard to sit down and watch listen to classical music without like doing something at yeah. the same time i find it really difficult that's also a thing i can only do in moderation but uh but when it's good it's good so mm-hmm. you know there you go my uh wow. Lisa, mildly Lisa. enthusiastic recommendation from me classical music <laughs> you might like it <laughs> well some of it's good i like to read poetry and go to the theater but not listen to classical music um god i'm really trying to think <sighs> of what i can hate now so, uh, anyway <laughs> you're like half right because I also hate theater as you know an institution and how it works and um, you know like from a, uh, from a political standpoint I think a ton of like cultural institutions are kind of fucked the way they're like yeah, uh, compensating sure. people who are working for them the best theater is yeah. mummy because it's like drunk old blokes from the village dress up in like sort of half remembered versions of medieval costumes someone's saint george someone's a turkish knight and then a doctor brings them back together at the at the end and they're they're both brought back to life uh, mm. it's good I what probably the fuck done. are you talking about mumming <laughs> mumming mumming i will say i've probably been part of some of the worst theater that's ever existed <laughs> um so that's also I've the other the thing about theater, theater like a lot of the a lot of time it will just suck ass like it's just gonna but be absolutely being, that's being all part art. of something that is theater in a collaborative way it's actually one of it's a very fun way of i don't know no, it's very fun something. to do and i miss it a lot and I've, I've, i yeah. i often think i would like to go back doing theater but then i realized that, that would mean that i would be doing theater and that's awful <laughs> I think that's probably a negative way to think about it. Sometimes you have to say, actually, I don't mind. I used to do um, these amateur Amdram one-act plays with um, the town like Amateur Dramatic Society, which Uh was like mostly 60-year-olds. And it was very, it was pretty funny. They forgot their lines a lot, but it was like pretty good experience. It was, you know, it's kind of cool. I love being the only young person. Um, and as I've discussed before, obviously I was in a Terry Pratchett theatre company, so this is very mm. relevant. Yes, and it's also relevant because theatre is part of this book. So this was not a tangent. Exactly. This is actually on topic. No, what, what book? this is actually relevant. Um, <laughs> what were we saying? <laughs> we were talking about um, that scene. Yeah, so they, they go the to a, they go to the theatre, yeah. and a lot of this book. Um, obviously is based on Macbeth, but also other sort of theatre traditions and this sort of Shakespearean tradition of theatre. Um, a lot of stuff follows, like, theatrical tropes, especially in, like, the last third when we get there. Yeah. But, yeah, and then this bit, 
I've got to say, uh, you know, do you remember when Patrick Rothfuss was like, I'm so, it's so weird that um, Granny Weatherwax is a country bumpkin in this book. Um. Yeah, she's like, she's a good character, but she's a bit of a bumpkin, so, you know. Yeah, so glad that she isn't in this book, uh, where she doesn't know what a play is, and she spends the entire thing yelling at the actors and thinking that they've actually killed someone. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's a really funny scene. It once again stresses me out a bit to think about people yelling at the theater and uh, you know thinking back of all the performances I've been at where people were like talking too loud to each other or just like cracking jokes at the serious play that was happening on stage. I think I've seen a play where someone laughed at the sexual assault scene, so that was fun. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. It really breaks the immersion, and it is terrible, because, you know, sometimes it's cool to take things seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still a good scene. Uh, just like uh, we do. And it's a good characterization yeah. of, like, Granny and Nanny. And yeah, li- I like and how... Margaret, as being, like, a younger person <laughs> yeah. who understands newfangled things. <laughs> yeah, and, and I like how... I think the the best part about it is how uh, Granny will later absolutely refuse to acknowledge that she didn't know from the beginning what a theater is. <laughs> oh, she does that a lot. Um, there's a bit that I really, really love where once they've rescued the baby, it, the baby comes with the crown, which is like the true crown of the King of Lanka, and um, Granny puts the crown on. And later, Margaret comes in and is like, wow, I almost want to put it on, but I shall resist. And Granny's like, yes, uh, me too. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> mm. yeah. Granny put it on um, and then listened to uh, Stormzy's latest uh, album yeah. and said, damn, heavy is the head. And took it off. <laughs> yeah. This book says some stuff about the monarchy, which I like. Yeah, there's some, like, Fisher King stuff in here, in a way. Mm, the Robin Williams movie, yes, I know about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk about that next yeah. week, because that's, like, the main plot of the middle third. Um, and we don't want to run too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like we still have a ton to talk about. Like, we have to talk about the fool uh, and the duke and all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we, didn't, we didn't even touch on them. They give the baby to the theatre and... They cool. hide the crown amongst the the prop crowns, which I think is a pretty good, pretty good idea. It's also like a classic Terry Pratchett joke, where uh, or like not joke, but like a classic. Ter- this is what Terry Pratchett thinks about the world. Um, yeah, where they're like, wow, this crown looks kind of shabby compared to the normal, uh, compared to the crowns they use in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the imitations of the thing are always going to be more the thing than the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is like a motive that more, comes they up look in more all real. of his books, basically. Yeah, no, it does. Mm. Um, and also that things just are significant because people think they're significant, which yeah, is yeah. a huge part of A big thing. Yeah, I, th- I feel like yeah. that's like one of his main, uh, his main, you know, worldviews. Mm. Uh, I'm going to try um, to find the... In relationship to the crown, the, what is like? Oh yeah, I found it. Like, which is maybe the funniest thing that is said. Where they they're like, oh, the crown is easy to hide. You just hide it under a stone or something. And then Granny says, well, uh, <laughs> if you hide it somewhere, it's. Uh, she says, they have this way of being found anyway. They kind of call out to people's minds. If it if you banged it under a stone up here in a week's time, 
it did get uh, itself discovered by accident. You mark my words. And then the Og replies, it is true, is that how many times have you thrown a magic ring into the deepest depths of the ocean and then when you get home and have a nice bit of turbo for your tea, there it is. And they consider this in silence, never said Granny. <laughs> <laughs> This is It's like really good. maybe yeah. my favorite joke of all of these books. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just some classic like folklore stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll just turn up in some sort of situation. I, talking about favorite jokes, I think my favorite joke is the. I'm not sure if it comes up yet, but Magrat the um, peeling an apple to to learn the love the name yeah. of her her love, and mm. <laughs> said normally normally when girls try to. Here, the name came out as <laughs> Maybe there's one guy named <laughs> That's who they all marry. Yeah. yeah. His, his dick is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, there's also, there's just great bits. It's just like Granny Weatherwax's personality is just so wonderful to like have things bounce off all the time. Yeah. It just brings me such joy. Like when they meet the theatre guy and he's got like a very charismatic voice and he like carries himself in a very confident way and he calls them all like charming ladies and they all start like reflexively preening and um, Granny Weatherwax like catches herself like patting her buttons mm-hmm. and stuff I just think it's so funny yeah. <laughs> I like that he's just so charismatic he just is like the charmingest man mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that like I like that the theatre guy is like actually someone who seems to be seems to have the talent for theatre I like that a lot mm. it's not like just yeah. like, like some, some shabby bad theatre but like they're actually good yeah Terry Pratchett um, respects theatre, I think. Yeah. He what does. a bastard. He likes theatre. It's like, yeah, <laughs> theatre comes up in a... This is not the last book in which theatre will come up, so... <laughs> Now for turn. Also not the last one which heavily draws from Shakespeare play, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. <laughs> I guess that's so much his thing, because Lords and Ladies is just Midsummer's Night Dream. Um, Lords and Ladies is so good. <laughs> That's another Shakespeare I haven't read because I haven't read or seen. Oh, it's a good one. That's yeah, a really good I, one. I'm I like sure it. Like it. Night. I have seen Midsummer's Night Dream at least three times, I think, in various quality of performance. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw the Lord Chamberlain's men do it, and they were good. And I saw um, Durham Mildred College performance, and that was less good. Um, um, oh yeah, because I, I was talking about Lords and Ladies, and there is a line where. Um, They're talking about how Magritte believes in all like New Age stuff because she's like a New Age witch, mm. um, and they're saying that she believes in elves. And I was like, "But elves are real." <laughs> uh. Yeah, but you don't, yeah, well. don't want to believe in them. Maybe she just like believes thing. in them, like and believes they can, um, you know, they can do it. That kind of belief. Yeah, I she, feel like I think maybe Terry has worked she thinks it out yet. She thinks they're nice. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Um, Fuck, okay, moving on. Um, clown content. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fucked up that clown school is like um, a sort of medieval monk torture school. Yeah. 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 Clowns are cops. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like... Whoa. <laughs> they're like, you're, you're not allowed to tell a joke that hasn't been officially licensed by the uh, Fool's Guild. And they only have... Well, 380 think... or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you might be able to, but um, his granddad doesn't want you to. He says that how dare you try and make up a joke that hasn't been officially um, okayed by the guild. Yeah. And his dad would know because he's like won the won the award like five times in a row or something for the best. Yeah. The best fool. Well, this no, was... not his dad. His dad is mysterious. His, his granddad. granddad has, his granddad. Yeah. His yeah. dad <laughs> ran off. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to come up. Yeah. Interesting. How many how many references of a, of a king being a fool would there, uh, I get uh, have been in this book so far? So many. Um, yeah. My my favorite uh, one of my highlights from this was like um, they they've got the baby and the king's men are coming up or something and um, Granny Weatherwax is like what king and I was like yes Queen Weatherwax does not recognize the monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Queen, well, I guess not. Queen Weatherwax. I guess not Queen Weatherwax. Yeah, Comrade Weatherwax. Comrade Weatherwax is not respect or recognize the is- monarchy. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I had uh, while I was reading this on the bus um, today was is Nanny Og a libertarian? Probably, yeah. Probably she, yeah. yeah. There's a whole part about I- like not paying taxes. Yeah, that's a very Terry moment where he hates paying taxes and wants to talk about it. Um. <laughs> yeah. Which is unfortunate, but I also... Taxes are good, but I do also hate to pay them. I mean, yeah, taxes are, like... I, I guess taxes are bad when the government uses them for bad, like if they go to go into, like, you know, the military or whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, like, I still then I would understand yeah. hating to pay. Like, then I it'd be cool. It'd be cool them, if like. you could opt out of that. They'd never do that, though. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh God, no, no. But I would. Yeah. Like that like, who wants to? Who wants to give the military or the cops money? Anyway, <laughs> this is not <laughs> yeah. a politics podcast. <laughs> Bang a bob for it, Bobby. Though, it is the premise. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is like a really interesting view of what the Fools Guild would be, and it's always. Like a, it's an ongoing thing within this book, and within like all the books at the Fool's Guild is like a very austere, very unfunny place to be because no one's more serious than a clown. Damn, makes his yeah. name. Mm. He, yeah, maybe. But Pratchett is um, arguing that if you institutionalize art uh, and artistic expression to that extent, then it becomes worse. <laughs> I mean, I think he just doesn't like him. <laughs> just doesn't like clowns. <laughs> Damn! But what if, what if society was so fucked up that you had to become that you became a clown because, because that's just clowns see the real fucked up evil of society really well because um, um, like George R. R. Martin series Joker Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was talking about Joker 2019 movie, but as I what? started, as I started <laughs> doing that, I realized that I haven't actually seen the movie and I have no idea what happens in it. I also haven't <laughs> seen that movie, but I I choose to not and just think about that bit from the trailer where that woman is holding up a sign that says, "We are all clowns." <laughs> I'm like, that's me every day on Twitter. <laughs> we we are um, all am clowns. Um, we are all unlike am in this book where only one person is am clown. Yeah. I think I like I like Cloud. He's smart and he likes to read books. Yeah, yeah, the fool is a good I guy. think he's like and I think this is interesting especially coming right after sorcery because the fool is like kind of a classic Terry Pratchett archetype where it's like 
character who has a classic fantasy archetype profession, but is not good at it. Mm-hmm. except yeah. in this case like unlike nigel this is like a guy who is actually good at other things <laughs> yes i mean obviously nigel is a classic character and i won't hear a word <laughs> against him um <laughs> but i think this is a better yeah kind of a better version of that in some ways mm. but he's very intriguing you know he's he's got some some intriguing elements his name is not um fucked up about the duke um yeah i think the duke and his wife are like very interesting much more nuanced villains than all of the like bad guys have been in previous books and it might be just because it's just macbeth but (laughs) maybe but the stuff with the duke in this is really good like with his um developing madness and him scraping at his hand but that's also taken directly Uh from macbeth right yeah, well, like this, like I this scraping of the hands directly. It's la- lady, lady Macbeth does that, but yeah, out damn spot. Um, yeah, he just like occasionally mutters like Macbeth lines to himself, yeah. which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> I like it. You know what they say: these these violent delights have violent ends. Um, uh, yeah, and I like the idea of him just being like completely, uh, like a very specific kind of insane where he can be rational one minute and then just irrational the next minute mm. he's quite mm. scary and he's yeah and he's like scrubbing his hands and he's like wow there's more blood than there was before because he's just like scraping all the skin mm. off his hands all the time yeah. which is pretty fucked up pretty yeah. fucked up if you think about I mean, it maybe like, this yeah. guy should become the joker <laughs> <laughs> he's too much of like a wife guy to become the joker yeah <laughs> uh, he is a wife yeah, guy this guy's kind of... but so was Macbeth dare I, dare I say simp <laughs> yeah was Macbeth a simp <laughs> <laughs> I love my murdery wife. <laughs> Damn, I love being married to Lady Macbeth. I can't believe I'm married to Lady Macbeth. She's so hot. It is. It is this thing of like you. You still have this sort of core of sanity, which just watches watches yeah. the irrationality that you're doing from inside, kind of still knowing. So it's mm. knowing yeah. the sort of idea of knowing that you've go you're going mad, but like letting it happen anyways. It's pretty. It's pretty. Pretty dark. Mm. Someone should write a play about it. Set in Scotland. Mm. <laughs> By the way, I mentioned this both in our Discord and like casually dropped it at the end of the last premium episode. But the German title of this book is Macbeth. Good. <laughs> Which is very funny like, for for several reasons. Best. One, it's never spoken actually in the book. Like it's just no, they no. just decided to call it that, and it's like <laughs> I love the fucking. Uh, in case you wouldn't get the subtle references <laughs> to the famous Scottish play, we will put it into the title. It's just it's just one it's just one step more subtle than calling it uh, crossed out Faust Eric. <laughs> a classic title that i appreciate Um, there's no german stereotype of literalness is there (laughs) (laughs) is is macbeth a pun or is that just german for macbeth no 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 best is the same in german as in as in english ah right okay so it's just macbeth he's the best at being that uh uh a mad king. He's the best at it. Muck good, muck better. Yeah, because this book, you heard it here, folks. This book is actually 
an improvement on uh, on Shakespeare's Macbeth. Like, you know, Shakespeare, so. pretty good writer, I will say. I'm, I'm gonna... St- I, I know I have a lot of... Um, I've had a lot of hot takes on art recently, but, like, this might blow all of them out of the water. I think Shakespeare, <laughs> pretty good. I would recommend reading him. Uh, maybe yeah. watch some of his plays if you... Uh, if theaters have opened up where you are and you feel safe. I saw um, Chris. I saw Christopher Eccleston as Macbeth last year, actually, at the oh, RSC, oh, like which was like wild. Yeah, they did the uh, three witches as three like weird children, like in pajamas with teddy bears. I think they also kind of did. No, they weren't children. It's because uh, there's also like the Kurosawa movie that is uh, basically a version of Hamlet, except they cut Sorry most of the dialogue and they just do it by acting. And th- that one has a really fucked up looking witch. Mm. That I think I, I think also has like a child voice or something. It's it's pretty spooky. I really want to see some Kurosawa. Yeah. I've never seen any, and it's supposed to be very good. I would recommend that one. It's called Throne of Blood. It's mm, was also the it. first one I've seen. The thing is, I'm. I did see a version. I'm going to struggle because, as I said earlier, I can't watch things now that are longer than a minute. So, if somebody out there could do me a favor by breaking Macbeth down into like TikToks, that would be really good. I would like <laughs> to see. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some Macbeth TikToks. <laughs> I saw a really like weird film production where the witches were just really horny. Nice. Um, I can't remember uh, which version it is. It's like from the nineties. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, what I was gonna say, you know, Shakespeare, we like him, but like he didn't yeah. put like jokes about like wizards' knobs in it and uh, references to how the old king who died was actually also fucking a lot. I don't. Sha- I yeah. mean, Shakespeare, Shakespeare never did any dick jokes. Sexual. No, no dick jokes in Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that was the best bit about English class. Just like your teacher explaining a really old dick joke to you. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I, the one the one I remember is someone in Romeo and Juliet saying about a poprin pair, which is a pair that looks like a knob. Nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good joke. Yeah. And like they think they said anytime anyone wore horns, it was just hysterically funny um, to the audience. But <laughs> the um, what was I gonna say? Oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, I think the choice to have it be Macbeth, but like as the witches, the main like the witches being the main characters is like a really it is a good idea, and it's. It's pretty effective. I think it's interesting because in this book, the witches get the chance to bestow Tom John the baby with um, three gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're his godmother. <laughs> I think it's very interesting what their choices are. Like um, Magrat saying he will make friends easily. Um, what was Nanny Ogg's? I forgot. She says good memory. Yeah, good memory. And then. Um, the one, my favorite one was uh, Granny Weatherwax is one where she says, um, ah, let him be whoever he thinks he is. That's all anybody can hope for in this world. And I was like, that's really sweet. I would mm. like Granny Weatherwax for a godmother. It's the best gift. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all things that make you a good actor, which is useful. <laughs> that's true. Interesting. <laughs> they assigned theater kid at birth. Yeah, literally. Oh, what a punishment. That's That's a curse. Yeah, <laughs> this this child is gonna become a real Travis McElroy. <laughs> be in fir- first year drama, like taking coke and and just being really irritating. 
Yeah. Is that, the, horny, horny is that the British conception games. of a theatre kid? Um, sort of. Yeah. Friends which type? It's like uni theatre kid, yeah. I don't know if this episode <laughs> is just talking about theatre now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of theatre, there's, there's also like a throwaway gag in here that was like... Where I was like, what? <laughs> where he's like, he'd found... Like, it... This is the the kind the guy in this book who is like is the dwarf uh, who writes plays for a theater mm-hmm. troupe, and there's mm-hmm. like th- this comes after like pages of descriptions of how he's like a creative genius um, because he has <laughs> what's that disorder called that oh L L I L L I but a high IQ <laughs> yeah. Listen to our pre- premium episodes if you want to understand that joke. Anyway, so how is like you know photons of like uh, or like whatever uh, bolts of creativity just hit some people it's and like some people they can't. And this guy was hit yeah. by so many of them. He's like so inspired and such a genius. And then it said, uh, you know, when he writes the play, it's like he found room for the star-crossed lovers, the comic grave diggers. And the Hunchback King. It was the cats and the roller skates that were currently giving him <laughs> trouble. Dot, dot, dot. So, it's like, remember? Remember Starlight Express? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Who doesn't? I don't Who actually doesn't? know that one. Because it's it was a like... train. It's the one where there are yeah. trains, but they're on... The, 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 the actors are on... It's the Android... It's an Android Web musical mm. where the actors... Are on rollerblades pretending to be trains in space, <laughs> which oh. I think fully makes sense. That's what trains are. I think. Uh, I think it was like hyped up, and this book came out like the same year or the year after um, Starlight Express came out, and this was the last moment in time where that was a relevant cultural reference. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber did a lot of coke in the eighties. Oh, of course it did. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why he did. That's why he wrote Cats and Starlight <laughs> Express, the back to back. Classic theatre kid. Um, um, I I've just uh, gone through my notes again, and I just want to point this out. And this, I did check. This is in the third that we read. Um, there's a bit where Verence, like the old king, is the ghost, is like wandering around the castle. Oh yeah, and and he runs into mm-hmm. um. The twins from The Shining. Yeah, into the twins from The Shining. <laughs> but it's also it's also a prince reference. It's also a it's also princes in the Tower reference, which is Richard the Third in Richard oh, the Third, yes, another Shakespeare yeah. play. That's so true. Yeah, that's what I, I think. Well, they're not was, twins in that, but you know. no. I mean, I I think yeah. culturally, I think, I think I'm the, much more familiar with The Shining than I am. The twins are gonna be. I got to be a Shining reference because it's also yes. the eighties or like that was also like one. Oh yeah. But it, he also says that it was like some sort of um, regicide that was like a darker, even darker period yeah. of history, which mm. I was like, yeah, that's Princess in the Tower ship. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah the, it's also also The Shining. The Shining Stanley Kubrick movie came out in 1980, so it would work. Mm. Yeah. Mm. A movie Damn, that all of us like. Kind of, I like that movie. Yeah, it's cla- Mm, I don't like the Shining movie. Um, I've seen it. I think it's good. We can't talk about this. Um, <laughs> can't talk about okay. this. Um, I don't know. Actually, what else do we have to say about this part of the I book? Think, George, you got anything? Uh, it's good. I think we got an episode. Okay. Yeah, and there's like, we can do more about monarchy and like the other ones. We have two more episodes on this one to come. So. Yeah. 
this is a setup. This is a setup for this. Yeah. Um, Look. Setting up for that, we don't like art. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I still like art. Bitter. I still haven't found the bit of art that I hate. But I'll think about it and get back to you next week. T- as I the- write my poem, yeah. which I will do as well. Toe the line, look, Lucy. Art is good, oh, but bad. I will hate it. Art is good, but sometimes look at it from a post-structural standpoint, is my stance. Yeah, I like art, but I get confused because I start thinking it, because as someone who studies museums, I start thinking about who's allowed to be displayed mm. in museums and why they're in the museum and why things are seen as culturally more important than other things, and I get in my head and I feel like I'm going mm. insane, so that's my main <laughs> problems. <laughs> Haven't we all been there? <laughs> yep. If, I, if it's on the internet, I'm like, this is good. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's like most stuff I can think of for now. Yeah, I was gonna say since since this book is so much about theater, uh, I think it makes sense that we have we cover it in three acts. Oh, <sighs> Shakespeare plays are also famous for always having three acts. That's the number of yeah. acts Shakespeare Shakespeare plays famously. <laughs> have. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. <sighs> right. Well. When will we four meet again? Oh, I can do next <laughs> In- Saturday. <laughs> George, you're going to be on the bonus episode next what week. Is, what is the bonus episode? It's uh, um, part three of Andy. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure I have anything to add, but I might. I don't well, know. Well, neither, did... but I just. Yeah, me that. neither. <laughs> oh, I actually but do have. If we cover the, are we going to cover Misha Collins and the supernatural thing? We got to because okay, I gish, have something to add for that. Okay, cool. If look, so, if, if, you're, um, if you're one of our Patreon subscribers and uh, and really want to have George more on the bonus episodes, then let us know <laughs> so we can use it as leverage on him. <laughs> All you George stands out there. Yeah. Um, All you people like me making voices, noises like. Which is everyone. <laughs> yes, since um, we have a decent uh, mic, you now have to like come up with other noises that... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Hmm. <laughs> is that right? Like a horse noise. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is great. Great content. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm, hopefully I can edit this into something that's kind of coherent. Nah. Um, <laughs> so... Thank you for listening to this episode of Who Watches the Watch. We'll be back next week with part two of um, Weird Sisters, uh, the Google book by Terry Pratchett. Um, if you want more content, you could subscribe to our Patreon and get some bonus episodes where we talk about internet stuff and we read really good books about vampires. Um, and that's all for the one, the price of one currency a month. Or you can pay five currency a month and get your name shouted out on this good bit of the podcast. Yes, uh, um, like you would if you did that, you would join the ranks of the following people: Justin Crandall, Milk Succubus, and Rise and Grind memes for side hustling teens. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. We love you. Um, they are the three witches of this podcast. Okay. As they would say yeah. in Flargib, Diochenval. Diochenval. Amarillo. Muchas gracias. Amarillo. Muchas gracias.
Oh, fuck's sake. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna drown myself. Um, yeah, don't. so... Thank you. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not reading Hamlet, so... Oh, I don't um, thank you. What was that? Because of Ophelia. No, no, Ophelia. I got it. The, the oh, voice. Uh, <laughs> okay. Thank you for. Thank you. <laughs> the answer to these episodes are so fucking stupid. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Who watches the watch? Thank you for listening to Who Watches the Watch, our good podcast where we do sensible things and talk about stuff in an intelligent way. Um, we'll catch you next week and until then um, Nigel Nigel is your uncle Nigel Nigel is Uh, my boyfriend Nigel (laughs) Nigel is your boyfriend Bjorn Strong in the Arm is my nuncle Efaith nuncle Efaith Bjorn Strong in the Arm is my nuncle (laughs) Efaith Nigel (laughs) Does anyone want to caper a little bit? I always am capable. That is true. What has this episode been but a caper? <laughs> what is life but a caper? Okay, like thank you for listening. And goodbye. Yeah, clown rides. <laughs> Stand where the wax. Staring out through ancient eyes Out of listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details